0: This is episode number ninety-three of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Luke Haggerty, who is the owner of XT Performance in Scottsdale, Arizona. Luke is someone who is a former first-round pick out of Ball State University. Um, He had Tommy John surgery a couple years into his professional career. It took him two years to get back, and when he finally did make it all the way back, he ended up uh, getting the Yips, which evidently ended up and ended his career Um, now almost a little bit over 10 years later he's decided to make a comeback and so at the age of 37 he is up to 97 miles an hour as a left-handed pitcher and will be making a comeback this upcoming season very inspirational episode right here Um, if you haven't already please head on over to itunes and leave a five-star rating and a short review that would help out immensely and i would greatly appreciate it without further ado here is luke Haggerty
1: Luke Haggerty who is the owner of x2 athletics in Scottsdale Arizona Luke um, how's everything going man good good thanks for having me so you're you're actually from Ohio didn't know this I'm from Cincinnati I'm out here doing the uh, TPI thing this week
2: but um you're from Ohio what brought you out to Scottsdale Um, Well, when I was drafted, um, I ended up uh, buying a place here. Um, Unfortunately, when I got, I was injured in uh, pretty much right away with the Cubs. So I did uh, rehab for quite a while. So I ended up uh, just having a house out here and I've kind of stayed. So you went to Defiance High School in Ohio, um, drafted right out of high school? Um, No, I went to Ball State uh, in Muncie, Indiana for uh, three years. And I was drafted, drafted from there.
1: And then what was, take me through the process, because you have a pretty unique story um, throughout baseball and your journey. Um, What was it, what was professional baseball like? Just kind of give me the background on on everything that that happened um, throughout your career.
2: Um, Well, I guess when I went to Ball State, um, I kind of went on as a, uh, a favor, um, so to speak, um, walk on. Yeah, well, it was, I, 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 got a little bit of money, but basically I was a, I was a project for sure. Um, but I ended up, uh, working myself into, uh, being drafted in the first round after three years there. Um, then I went to the Cubs. Um, how hard were you throwing? I don't know. Um, well, I went in, I was, I went in, people don't believe this, but I went in about topping around 82 ish. You know, from high school, uh, I just had to learn how to pitch because I didn't have the velocity. Um, but then I went to Ball State and developed a lot of velo, so I ended up getting up to ninety four at Ball State. And
1: then you went into uh, with the Cubs organization. What um, what were those first few years like with the, in pro ball?
2: Um, the first year, or so uh, once I signed. Um, I went out here to Arizona just for a couple of weeks to get make sure my arm was in shape. Then I went to Northwest League, um, where we ended up winning uh, the championship there. And that was a really good experience. A lot of good guys were there. We had a really good group. Um, we ended up, I think we lost like the 13 games maybe the whole year, 50-something and 13, if I'm rem- remembering correctly. But um, it was a very good experience. It was a lot of fun um, just getting – being able to focus on baseball day in and day out was that was it was like finally you know, it was uh it was it was really fun.
1: You were a first round pick, so was there any? Did you ever feel any jealousy towards um your teammates or anybody else towards you? Cause you, 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 I've heard of that before through my from guys who were first round picks because they have money and everyone else is pretty much broke.
2: Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't feel that from anyone. Um, I don't know. Like, I didn't really. Uh, I was pretty naive to the whole situation, so I just kind of just went in and and worked as hard as I could and tried to help the team as as best I could. So I think the guys kind of uh, understood that. I wasn't I wasn't like cocky about as far as that goes, you know. Like, um, so I didn't, I never really experienced that personally. Like nobody expressed that to me, anyways.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after, so you were with the Cubs for a few years. Mm -hmm. And what what happened after that?
2: So uh, so I was with the Cubs. First year went really well. Um, Then spring training, last start of spring training, um, you know, I was told I was going to break, be the number one, going into high A for my first year. And then uh, after, like, a month or two, go to double A. And then if I keep doing well there, then uh, latest that would be a September call-up my first year. Um, so that was pretty exciting to hear that then. Um, but then my last start of spring training, I, uh, ended up getting hurt UCL, uh, yeah, having TJ and, uh, then they kind of things like spiraled, uh, backwards from there. What
1: was. So you had Tommy John, you missed that year. You were how old? 23 then?
2: uh 24 i was twenty twenty one or 22.
1: okay so 21 22. yeah so you missed that entire season um coming back the next spring training with the mm-hmm. cubs again i assume um what kind of transpired um, uh the following spring training so
2: then i i did rehab for quite a while i think the total was about two years i believe oh Just, you were out two years yeah like my arm was was not cooperating uh with the rehab process (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah so i had a lot of every single throw hurt pretty significantly for for a couple years and uh they were just telling me just to keep throwing through it and i tried kept trying and going out there every day and just kept throwing you know and uh but uh eventually i was like screw it i'm i'm good enough let's just get this thing going you know, my arm still hurt, but it didn't really. It didn't seem like it was going anywhere.
1: Was your velo back up to where it was before?
2: No, my velo is down. I was like, you know, 88 to 90-ish. You know, and maybe scrape 91 on occasion. So that was. There's a lot of things that were kind of weighing on my head at, at that point. You know, like if I'm gonna get back, things like that. You know, it was, it was kind of. Uh, as far as mentally goes, wasn't in super great headspace. There. Um, but then after doing rehab for two years, um, I was picked up in the big league part of the Rule 5 draft. So I did, the only thing I did was <laughs> pitched in my rehab rehab stints. And then uh, I was fortunate to get picked up in the, the big league part. So I was on the 25-man roster with the Marlins. So did you
1: actually play in the big leagues?
2: I, I got to pitch, uh, I only got one inning of, uh spring training big leagues with the Marlins and uh because of that same time I ended up uh kind of developing the yips as well so again it was another thing that wasn't great so your arm your arm was hurting and you got the yips yeah not not ideal situation <laughs>
1: how, how did that the yips is such an interesting thing to me because nobody can figure it out and people kind of want to distance themselves from people who have the eps cuz they don't they somehow think that they might get it too. <laughs> yeah, it's contagious um, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how did that start? Was it just a throw or was it
2: It was I, I remember I was just standing in the outfield waiting for my turn for uh, live at bats and it was the first day of media. So, with the Marlins that year, it went from a no nobody team to basically like an all-star team. And for some reason, I You know, just started getting like these a lot of negative thoughts going in my head. You know, like what if I hit this guy? What if I hurt him? Da da da. da. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna, you know, ruin our chances for a World Series. You know, basically everything you should never think of. I have no idea how that entered my brain, but it it was there and uh, it just kind of came as a. It was just like an adrenaline rush over me, and I was like, oh crap, what just happened? And I went up to throw my turn, and it was just. I started to warm up and I was like just it was just a mess, you know, and then from then on I was I was struggling with it, trying to fight that. How long did it take you to get over that? Uh t- I don't I don't think you ever really get over it. You just learn to manage it better. But um
1: it's like are we talking like Rick and Kiel throwing balls almost every ball over the catcher?
2: It was for me it was more of a I slowed everything up so much and tried to you know, I don't know. Like it was just the ball would come out and my hand would turn for some reason, like turning a knob. I'd be like ready to go, 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 go. And my hand was like, no, like I just wasn't my, my conscious and subconscious weren't on the same page. My, my conscious was telling me, let's go, let's get this. Let's go. You're fine. You're fine. Come on, come on. And my subconscious was like, yeah, no, you're not. And, uh, so I was, I was just battling that for again. And then that was another couple years, because i would flash you know my old self and everybody be like oh okay and then you know then i wasn't able to fight it some days and i would just kind of spiral back
1: was it also a, a case where when you field a ground ball as a pitcher and throw in the first base or play, oh yeah it was it was everything it was
2: everything like we tried a bunch of different things um just nothing really seemed to kind of work you know it was just uh I just never I just did, wasn't trusting myself at all. Um we tried all kinds of stuff. Like we had to bring out a bucket. The pitching coach had to bring out a bucket of balls so I could try to keep my arm in shape cuz I would just still throw, but it would be like it'd be like I don't know. Like I'd be thrown in the outfield and my brain would wander towards the wondering if I was going to hit the guy over the fence selling what? hot dogs <laughs> before the game. I'm it's it's it sounds like I'm like but that's where it was just I don't know, you know, like, I know I shouldn't be thinking that, you know, like, but I was and I just, I've never thought I just, it was just a weird, did they send you to see somebody? Yeah, they, I tried, I, I saw a bunch of different sports psychologists, things like that, but nothing really, they all helped to different degrees, you know, but nothing was ever really got me over the hump of when I was in the game trying to compete just turning on my game my game mode persona was non-existent i feel like that kind of because i did rehab for so long i didn't develop that that was a major issue looking back like i didn't develop the game persona you know it's like we all have our you know when you're in certain situations that persona needs to come out you know and mine my game my game persona would just like deteriorated and wasn't a factor anymore. And I really needed that person to come out to kind of help fight all those, the anxiety or the worries that, you know, um, that are there. And just to focus on being aggressive and throwing and, you know, uh, just that, that was kind of rough.
1: So when you see players on TV who have the yips, or I guess John Lester would be one, mm-hmm. Does your does your heart kind of sink a little bit for him because you know how it was how tough? Up to, it is.
2: It was all the way up until maybe about a year ago when I would even see somebody walk one person, I would start to get real squirmy, wow. you know, like just even a, like somebody walking somebody, not even like the yips. It was just like I would, you know, like it was uh, mentally it was pretty tough, but uh, I feel like I've kind of uh, you know built up that, that game persona again. And I feel like, you know, like I feel a lot better about everything.
1: So you you were out for two years because of Tommy John surgery. You came back. You weren't throwing as hard, and then you had the yips for another couple years.
2: Yeah, I think so. I don't. It's it's kind of starting to blur together, but I don't know the exact exact dates anymore. But. So
1: after the few years passed, were you kind? Did you get over the yips, or what happened after um, those next years? I ended few up years? getting
2: released finally because uh how old were you by that around around that time i think i was like 26 maybe 27 i don't know i'm not you know i don't yeah. it's kind of it's really all like kind of blurring together at that point but uh um so then i went to rockford illinois because uh, there's some sort of connection mainly uh I just wasn't aware of like, you know, pitching facilities, like kind of there are now there was, there might've there, I'm sure there were there, but I was not connected with any of them in any way. So they more, they just told me to go to the Rockford for the indie ball to try to keep working through it, not necessarily to play so much, but just so I'm on a team and trying to kind of, you know, so if I work through this, then they would bring me back. But, um, kind of didn't work out that way. I just kept I kept struggling, kept fighting, but um you know, I was every day I came to work, but it just um I wasn't able to get over the hump.
1: You see so you were still battling your arm or was it more the yips? It was more the yips at so this your arm point. Was good at that my point. arm
2: my arm came around enough it was fine at that point. How hard were you throwing? Again, it was still not I don't know, maybe up to 92ish. But a lot of it was because I wasn't I had like the governor on all the time, from my my mentally wasn't able to just relax, and you know, you know how fast you have to move, and you have to be hundred percent dedicated to every throw to try to throw that hard, and you know, I just I just wasn't so even even at me eighty percent was still still good, so teams were still interested, things like that, but I just I knew I could do so much better, so it was it was really frustrating.
1: So after the indie ball stint you were done playing um
2: so what year is it I I was that summer so that offseason I started to throw again and I was playing long toss and I started to get through it I was better you know I wasn't I wasn't 100% better but I was I was enough I was getting there you know I was making strides forward and uh so then I I threw and I ended up getting brought in uh for spring training for the White Sox so I was able to come in for spring training for them. I did. I didn't. I didn't do well enough at that point. I needed to make a AAA roster because of my age, and I. I did. I did well, and I was proud of myself the way I, you know, I competed out there, what I could do. But I knew it wasn't good enough in the end to kick somebody out that's been there for five or six years. Like I didn't. I didn't think I did well enough. You know, and I knew I didn't, and I didn't. I ended up making uh, the opening day roster for any of the teams. I ended up getting released, but I was I was happy that I made strides. Like personally, like it was kind of a a, one of those little things I was proud of because I put myself out there again, you know, to throw to hitters and be in that uncomfortable situation. And it wasn't it wasn't lights out or anything like that, but I was able to to keep fighting through it, you know. So after you got released by the White Sox, did you?
1: Think about going back to indie ball again?
2: Yep. That's, uh, I think that's when I went, I ended up getting signed with the, uh, Schaumburg. I came in again for spring with them that next year or that, that same spring, maybe. I don't know. Like I said, it's a lot of, all these things happen. I'm just not sure what the timeline was. Uh, but then I went into spring again, I was doing, I was doing pretty well there. I was kind of getting through it. Like I was getting the ball over the plate, but again, I wasn't, Velo was, was good enough. I should have pitched better. But, uh, again, I was still fighting. I wasn't, like, 100%. That persona wasn't 100% there of being real aggressive, getting on and, on guys and things like that. So I was pitching behind a lot, you know. But, again, I was still fighting through it. Um, I was going out there every day, putting myself out there. Um, you know, and ultimately, you know, same thing kind of happened. You know, like, there would be days that were worse than others, and then the days that were worse were just – you know, it just wasn't good enough, and I ended up getting uh, released from from them again. We were we were kind of we were doing pretty bad as a team, as well. Like I started off hot the first, I don't know, I think three three or four months of the season. Like I was leading the league in uh, ERA and strikeouts. You know, so I was doing pretty well, and then it, and then it started. Uh, um, I had a little, I don't know, I guess you'd call it like a relapse as far as like the uh, the anxiety or the yips, whatever you want to call it um
1: did you ever think about taking medication for that
2: I did but every time I talked kind of talked with somebody they seemed like I didn't need it which I don't know I disagreed but um I feel like that could have probably helped you know like uh when I went to the White Sox when I signed with them I I asked just in spring I asked to try to you know is there something that they could prescribe me to try to help Cause I was like, I was really close, but I just needed just maybe a little bit more. And I would have been completely back and, you know, ripping and going, but, uh, they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, you know, like, so, uh, I didn't really mention it again. Jeez. That's crazy.
1: After, um, after you got released from Indie Ball now, the yips were still on your mind and everything at that point were you just thinking i'm just done with baseball
2: yeah i was pretty at that point i was you know uh it's pretty much finished with that at that point i went back to school um
1: back to ball state i went
2: i went to uh, because i was living out in arizona here um so i went back and uh finished i got my four-year degree from arizona state at that point and yeah i was pretty much didn't want to hear about baseball didn't i didn't want to watch it well through like this whole time i didn't want to watch it on tv really at all because it was one of those things i knew what i was capable of and i was not reaching my potential and that was very difficult to handle you know and uh so i didn't want to see you know baseball at all like i just kind of didn't watch it didn't want to hear about it you know how long of a time period was that um not sure because I was till well I was with the White Sox that was 08 I think of sp- the spring of 08 so and then I went to school I went to Schaumburg, and then it, then I started school so I went to school I had to finish up two years I think of school and that's about two then probably about four years I guess Four years of no baseball. yeah, nothing of, to do with it. No I ended up kind of getting sucked back in though. Because I was training guys, and you know, baseball is what I know best. So that kind of little bit expertise there kind of kept, you know, I kept sliding into you know, training and working with baseball players.
1: Did you work another job too? When you that was four year period.
2: Yeah, so I was, uh, I was once I got my degree, I got my, uh, I'm a, uh, my certified strength conditioning specialist. So I got that once I got my four year degree, and then I was, I, I worked at um, training facility you know, and that's what I did, um, for during that time period. And then I ended up going on my own. X2 athletics, what you have now. Yeah.
1: Um, how long have you been doing
2: this for? Um, well, I've been training since, well, I was since about 2010 ish was when I started training, but I was started on my own. I think it was about the same time almost like it was pretty quick stints at these other facilities. And I just, I I thought there was a better way we could be doing things and helping the the players. So uh, it was kind of one of those situations of uh, either can complain about it or do something about it. So I decided just to, to do something about it and go on my own.
1: So when you were at these other facilities, was it similar to the 30 minute hour lesson model that you see a lot?
2: Yeah, it was, it was similar to that. It was, it wasn't like they were bad, you know, they were, it was fantastic experiences. I'm very grateful uh, to have those. Um, but I just felt like, you know, there's could have been doing more, you know, to help the guys.
1: What have you implemented into your facility now that maybe you didn't see at the other one
2: um the biggest thing would be uh kind of coming from the global approach of the performance side you know so uh looking how they throw and then um taking you know areas that needed adjustments and then incorporating them into exercises in the weight room and things like that if they're having trouble you know with their front leg with the younger guys you know getting those stronger so then they can block because i found you know a lot of kids are trying, but they just, they didn't have the strength because they're growing and their limbs are all over the place. So it didn't matter what I said or did And until their, their front hip and leg was strong enough to stabilize and rotate. It, it wasn't happening. So kind of recognize that and started doing and seeing things through uh, that type of lens.
1: And so you put together a program for each guy just based off of your, the assessment you did with them when they come in.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's it's kind of like they, i have my uh i have my core lifts that i know i want people to perform very well and at a high level that i feel like every person needs to do so that that's that's most of the um exercises we do and then and then we have each person has their um i don't know if you call, deficiencies that we we really try to hone in on or areas that we see through their throwing motion that uh, we can improve on whether that's strength or whatever whether that's like a mobility exercise that we think we can really hone in because uh i'd like to with the guys i feel like if we can if we can really focus on a couple of areas you know it doesn't mean those are the only areas but if we can take care of those and then see what they look like and then keep making adjustments from there but but ultimately there's everything they do every single day is an assessment that we take into consideration of how to move forward or how to regress or what needs to be done for that day so um as far as assessments goes, like I feel like everything you do is an assessment.
1: Yeah, and then you're you're pretty much you just walk around and just make sure everyone's form is correct and doing everything correctly.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. For the most part, I just talk with the talk with the guys, um, see how they're feeling, watch them, watch them how they're moving, how things are progressing. Um, I I really try not to overcoach or hover you know i want them to buy in it's their program they need to get the work done themselves you know uh i'll be there everybody needs a little kick in the butt from time to time um but for the most part yeah i just make sure everything's kind of going moving forward the way that it should be
1: how many um players total do you have in your program
2: um from any time we have between 40 to 60 so uh it's good good number.
1: Do you cap it at a certain number or
2: Um not yet, but it seems like with the, the ebb and flow of the seasons, like it kind of works out. It it works itself out. So like right now coming in once once winter break hits, like we'll get a we'll probably be pretty high because all the college kids will be at home and all the pro guys will be here and then uh the high school kids are kind of have finally have some free time to get in the in the gym and really dedicate themselves to get ready for spring.
1: Yeah, I was watching you trained some players earlier today, and you, you they were all doing the weighted balls, the driveline, um, things like that. You were actually one of the first people to get on board with driveline and the weighted balls before anybody knew who they were. Um, talk a little bit about why you bought in um, right away using weighted balls.
2: Well, the, for me, the, the over and under load training was something that we did in high school, so that was in uh, like '99, and I know uh, Coach Held was doing that even before, like in '96, maybe even before that. But uh, so to me, it wasn't anything uh, new. So it wasn't. It, I was already bought in and understood the process. Um, so I was. I was starting to do our high school program, and I wanted a four ounce ball. Um, so I started looking on the internet and came across uh, like drive lines information, all their their uh, blogs, information they had out, reading through it, then learned about the plyos, and it all it all just made sense to me that um, yeah, this is a different way to train to train uh, athletes, and some people need to train different. Like myself, like I needed to train a little different, a little more aggressive to get me um, to where I wanted to be.
1: And throughout this process, you even though you were training players using the weighted balls, you yourself. Were doing the weighted balls and still throwing.
2: Yes. I was, I was, you know, I love, ultimately I, I do love baseball and, uh, I love throwing and I love the challenge because it's a difficult thing to do. Um, and it's something that was kind of missing in my life for a while. And, uh, so this was an opportunity for me to go through this program myself to try it out before I really implemented with the players, um, to get a feel because, you know, like there's one thing you can watch somebody do it, but when you're going through it yourself, you understand the little cues, the little, um, adjustments that need to be made to make the exercise effective for your clients and just things to do things, not to do. Like I was, I want if something were to go, if there's a learning curve, like I wanted it to be done on myself and not on my athletes.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. And, it's cool that as a coach or as an owner you're testing everything out before you just hand it off to players. Um did you see your velocity go up pretty much right away when you were using weighted balls?
2: Yeah, I started to uh my velo started to rise uh pretty quick there. Um I think a lot of it too is just the you know the aggressive nature of trying to to better yourself all the time and then and then came the Second part of taking care of yourself, if you wanted to keep getting better, you couldn't just throw, you had to take care of yourself. You had to make sure you're doing your shoulder exercise, scap exercise, mobility, strength. You had to do the whole deal. Um, if you really wanted to see how good you can be. And I, I, I just, I really like that challenge of, you know, seeing how good I could be in throw and things like that. And, um, just give me a really good outlet um, to try to help get get me mentally in a good space of throwing a baseball and just being aggressive again and having fun you know the way the way it was before i ended up having surgery nowadays
1: you still are throwing all these years later and you were telling me beforehand that you plan on playing again after all these years of not playing
2: yeah this is uh yeah i plan on i plan on doing whatever i can to try to uh to, to play this year. And, um, things are going well, you know, velo's there. Uh, the biggest thing is what uh, is your velo now? Uh, well, a couple weeks ago, it was up to 97. was a left-handed pitcher too. Yeah. But, uh, goal and goal is really a hundred. I want to hit a hundred and I know I, f- I feel like I can do it. Um, and that's, that's something I really, you know, that really drives me to uh, see if I can because I, it's just one of those challenges that uh, I feel like it's doable and I should be able to do it um, but my arm and everything has come around enough now where I feel like I'm training enough I'm doing things uh, I'm getting you know the weight room again um, putting on weight so I can't I can't wait do you
1: ever feel the when you're just thrown with with different people or into a net
2: Do you worry about the yips coming back Uh, or, or should I not ask that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's kind of one of those things that's always there. And then I've learned to, uh, accept it, that there's nervousness is okay. And, um, that it's, it's good that it's there because that means then you're doing something that's outside of, uh, your normal daily life. Um, it's just something that's there and it's great. Good, good. I'm glad it's there. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm doing something that's making me nervous, you know, that I haven't done.
1: How old are you now?
2: I'm 37 right now.
1: 37. So after all these years off, why do you think now you want to play versus five years ago or last year?
2: I feel like uh, the biggest thing is mentally I feel comfortable with with where I'm at. Um, I feel I feel ready. I feel like there's no reason I should wait anymore. I, I'm, I feel like, so there's a a big period in there where I was, I was focused on, I was married. I have, I have two kids and that was, that was main priority is making sure everything there was taken care of. And I didn't feel like I was throwing at the level that if I went to play that, you know, like, Having a 14-hour bus ride was not something I'm interested in. You know, playing Double AA, A, Triple A. The only way I'd want to go, go back is if I felt like I can uh, compete and play at a major league level, and I feel like I'm I'm getting there now, and I feel comfortable with that. And uh, that's that's kind of how the decision came about. Like I feel like my conscious and subconscious are working together again, and I. I feel like I just have some unfinished business with baseball, and it's just one of those things personally that I want to accomplish because I think I I can and I should.
1: That's pretty cool, I mean, to, to take all those years off and to now not even really do it for anything other than just a personal goal. You know, there's no really money motivation like you see with a lot of people or anything like that. It's just you want to do it, which is really really cool. So, what's the next step in terms of getting signed and throwing in front of scouts and things like that?
2: Well, I'm still I'm still dialing stuff in a little bit here, and I'm going through a, a velocity building phase right now. Um, I'm still getting work on the mound, but just dialing it in. I need to hit. Um, I need to throw to some hitters pretty soon to start getting comfortable with that again because there'll be a whole curve um, with hitters in the box because I've been throwing just into the net um, at the facility Um, so that that's kind of the next kind of situation I need to um, kind of address and the biggest thing too is like if this doesn't work out I it's not those those decisions aren't up to me my it's what I what I'm concerned with is how I feel and I feel like I'm at a a certain level and um it's 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 that's kind of the uh the kind of the the long and short of that is uh if it works out fantastic but if it doesn't like I'm okay as well like I'm again I'm just willing to put myself out there again and see what happens
1: what do you see for the future of your facility at x2 I
2: want to keep growing um I think there's, as things stand now, there's a big need for a place that guys can get better without them. Well, the biggest thing is they can fail and make adjustments without feeling like they're being judged or possibly being released off a bad performance, you know. So it's a, it's kind of a place they can go and really go, you know, get whatever they need done, you know, whether it's, it's velocity development, whether if it's pitch design, um, dialing in things in, whatever they need, you know, that's, uh, that's, where we're here for them and, uh, very supportive. All the guys are great. It's a fun atmosphere. Everybody's trying to get better challenging each other. Um, so I hope to keep growing that and, uh, keep developing. Awesome.
1: Luke really appreciate, uh, your time today. Again, I was able to watch you train for a little bit and and check out your facility and great stuff. And I wish you the best of luck and um, hopefully see you in the big leagues this upcoming year.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. I really appreciate being on. Um, Yeah, it was great.